Well, are y'all ready for the word? Yes. I, I, I feel like today is the first day of the year, even though it is not, because I'm getting to start a new series. I get to start something. And I, I love Mary Fran. She came the very first of the year and took over. That was awesome. I enjoyed every bit of that. But, um, but I feel like I'm starting. So I want to I start a series called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Did I steal the title from Benny Hinn? Yes, I did. I just couldn't think of a better title, and he already took it, and I thought, well, I'll just use it. It's been a little while since he used that title. But I want to start talking to you about this person called Holy Spirit. Um, We'll get in, well, there's so much to say today. But in church today, I don't believe that churches have ever learned who he is and what he does. It's almost like we got God the Father's big God, Jesus is number two God, and Holy Ghost, he's little God. That really is not true. Holy Ghost is as much God as Father is God. And we've also got this idea that God has a body, and Jesus has a body, but the Holy Ghost is a fog. He kind of floats around, comes and goes like a cloud, and you never know what he's doing, and he you know, he's kind of an impression or he's a, nobody knows really, you know, they don't, they don't know how to relate to him at all. And because of that, we don't talk a lot about him in church. A lot of churches don't talk about Holy Spirit. They certainly don't let him do anything because he's liable to mess up their church. So I want you to get to know him and get to know who he is. And he's a person. He is a person. It means he has a personality. And uh, he has things he likes and things he doesn't like. And uh, he's really awesome. And so we're going to introduce, we're going to introduce him to you. You're going to get to know something about this guy and how to work with him. Amen. So get your Bibles out and go to John 16. Now there is no way I'm going to finish all of this today. There's so much in here. Actually, to be honest with you, I could preach on it for the rest of the year. Every Sunday and not really cover everything that I want to cover. But I don't think that the Lord will do that. Uh, I don't think he will. He might. But um, John 16 and start with verse 5. Now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he is come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, they don't believe in me because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me. He'll take what's mine and declare it or show it to you. All things the Father has are mine, and therefore I said he'll take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus made a statement here at the very top in verse 7. It's to your advantage... I go away. Now that means it's better. Now a lot of times we've read that and thought, what could be better than Jesus? 
Well, I'll explain that in a minute. But he says it's to your advantage, which means that somehow or another, the Holy Spirit coming would be of a greater benefit to us. How many of you have ever had the thought, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I have some questions. Or you've said this, I wish that I walked with the time with Jesus. I'd like to sit and have a talk with him. I've said that. I've thought it myself. Now, the thing about Jesus is that for three and a half years, he walked with these men and helped them in every area of their life. Then he says, it's to your advantage, I'm going away. And sorrows filled your heart. And they're thinking, well, you, 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 you know, you've helped us. You, you know, you're, you're everything. How could someone else be better? Well, the negative about Jesus, if there is one, he was only in one place at one time. So if he's sitting here talking to Paul, Mabel is going to have to wait until he's done. And so because of that, when you think of the size of the church, probably a good uh, 10%, 20% of the earth is born again. How in the world is one man going to handle all those people? He said, it's to your advantage I go away. Now, what he meant by that was that I'm going to send you someone who will be with you and he will never leave you. You have him 24-7. You've always got Holy Spirit's ear. So that's the advantage of him leaving. Now, I'm going to read something to you because right here he says this. It's to your advantage I go away. If I don't, the helper will not come to you. If I depart, I'm sending him. He's a person. But underline the word helper. And, you know, I've been preaching on the Holy Ghost for 30 years, and I'm still learning. I've learned things this month that I didn't know before. Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost is constantly teaching us stuff? Amen. Can you learn something too? Anybody in here learn? The word parakletos is actually two Greek words. And the word, first one is para, P-A-R-A. It means alongside, very close, like a spouse, always near, permanent resident, standby, which means standing right by you all the time. That's awesome. Now, he used the word like a spouse. You know, when you, when you get married, you meet a person and they're different than you are. Now, some of you, when you've gotten married, you, you found this out. It didn't take long to realize that this person you married was not raised by your parents. And they eat different, they think different, they act different, they do things that are different. But you learn to work with them. The Holy Spirit in, is a person, and we're going to have to learn to walk with him and to spend time with him because he doesn't think like we do. He doesn't act like we do. He does things differently. But he says alongside, not only alongside, but inside. Now, up until this time, the Holy Spirit came on people, came on David, came on Elijah, came on the prophets. At no time has he ever lived in a man until Jesus came. But Jesus made a statement. He says, not only will he be on you, he's going to be inside you. Now, that makes us very different than anybody else that's ever walked this earth. All right, let's talk about an inside job here now. 
Now, let me finish reading this and then I'll get into this. The second part of this is that the second word is kaleo, to beckon or to call. He, the Holy Spirit, is called to help you. That is his job description. He has a calling from, from Father called on an assignment to stand by with you and, and to coach you. He's also referred to as a coach. Now, let's think about this for a minute. Because if you play football or you watch football, you'll know that everybody on the team doesn't have the same job. The coach is there to get the team to move in a direction. The, the coach is there to get the team to win. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, he understands that the coach is going to talk to the quarterback different than the guy who puts the ball. He's going to talk to the guy who's blocking different than the halfback. When that, every part of that team, the coach is going to coach them and take them so they can do their job better. When you got born again and you stepped into the body of Christ, you need to understand you have a different job assignment than everybody else sitting in this room right now. You have a different call. You have a different destiny on you than other people sitting in this room. And not everybody in this room is going to hear the same thing and do the same thing that everybody else in the room is doing. Now, I had a problem with this when I first got saved because when the Lord called me to Ramah, I called all of my friends to Ramah. I thought that the call on me was for everybody. And so often whenever the Lord is talking to one of us, we think that message is for everybody we know. It's not. We frustrate people because we have a word from God and we try to give it to everybody else and that's not what the Lord is saying to them. And they look at you and go, I don't understand what you're saying. Come on. So the coach is preparing you to win and he's preparing for the team to win but he's going to spend time with you throwing the ball someone else catching the ball and someone else hitting somebody are y'all out there so the fact that he's a coach this begins to make sense now because how many times have you ever had a word from the lord you got all excited about it you gave it to someone else and they went what? That doesn't mean a thing to me. And we think, well, they couldn't be very deep. <laughs> or they'd be hearing from God what I'm hearing from God. Not true. One of the, th one of the things that I've always thought, I'm, now this is, a, this is a fault of mine. I'm going to tell you my faults. I think I'm supposed to make you live right. Because <laughs> he's always making me live right. And I've had to learn over time is that that's not my job description. That's his job description. And so, you know, I get frustrated sometimes because I'm thinking, they're not doing what I said. He goes, well, they don't do what I say either, you know. So, but really, it's not always my job to, to, to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Now, let's, 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 let's talk about this now. Let's, I want you to think about this for a minute. You go to a person, let's say it's your pastor or a friend, 
and you want help, you're not telling them everything. You're, you're not telling them all the bad on yourself. You're telling about the other person how bad they are, that's for sure. But, you know, it's not that you're lying. It's just that you, you judge yourself by the intent of your heart, not by your actions. We all do that. Well, I didn't intend to do that. I really had a good motive. Well, that's not what you did. You may have had a good motive, but what you did was terrible, you know. So, so often we go to a person for help. That's unfair. They don't know enough to help you. They have some knowledge. But you have a guy living inside of you. He knows everything. He knows everything. And he knows everything about you. And God said, I'm going to send you a personal paracletos, a helper, and he will stand with you and stand beside you. And there's one of his names, and we won't get into it this week, but it says in the book of Hebrews that if you get in a ditch, he will get in the ditch with you. Now let's talk about prayer here for a minute. Whenever, whenever someone comes to me and says, pastor, pray for me, I can pray for you based on my knowledge, but I'm, I'm limited. Let me say something. There is a God and I'm not him. Now I love you. I care about you, but I don't always know what to say to you, but there is a guy in you that he knows everything about you and he will help you pray about you. Now, I've had times when the Holy Spirit came on me and said, I want you to pray for so-and-so. I've been praying in the Spirit and I would pray. I remembered one time I prayed for Cindy, Cindy, Cindy a lot and I knew I was praying for Cindy Robinson. And there was a time I was praying for Randy. I assume this man, I, 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 don't, I don't know to this day who I was really praying for. But I spent months praying for a guy named Randy. But I, you come to me and say, I want you to pray for me. I might start off praying for you, but the Holy Spirit does not always hook with me for you. Amen. But he always hooks with you for you. Yes. So, so listen to my words and, and, and let me be nice to you. Most of the time, Christians are lazy Pastor, pray for me. That's why I tithe. I want you to do my praying for me. Well, I'm not doing your praying for you. You do your own praying. Thank you, Nathan. Help me with this. Are y'all hearing this? I'm, being, I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be gracious, but I'm trying to tell you the truth. You understand that the Holy Spirit in you will take a hold together with you against your problem and you will pray for you better than anybody on this planet will pray for you in the spirit. Because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you and God are taking hold of your situation better than anybody else on this planet can do it. And very often, when you are praying, the Holy Ghost will give you a word. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen to what a coach is. He's a teacher. He gives advice. He corrects. He instructs. He trains. He tutors. He guides. He directs and prepares you for your assignment. Now, notice this. He corrects. No, we don't like that word, but let's talk about it for just a few minutes. There are times when what you're doing is detrimental to you. 
When I first got born again, and I've told many of you this story many times, but let's go back there for just a minute. When I got saved, I started praying for money. God, I need a job. Well, certain teed, the fiberglass plant in town hired me. After I got there, I wish they hadn't. You work in fiberglass all the time. You think you died and went to hell. I'm going to tell you, it's, you scratch and itch all the time like a dog until you get used to it. But anyway, y'all don't need to know that. But I got to work at 4 o'clock and I clocked in. Now, I, and I'm on time, right? Yeah. I think I am. And my boss, my new boss, walks up to me. He looks at my time clock, reads my name and said, Morgan, you're late. I mean, I haven't been here in my new job one minute. And I'm already getting chewed out. You know what we do when we get corrected? We, we explain. And so I looked at him and said, I am not. I'm picking a fight the first 60 seconds of my new job. And so I, he said, Morgan, you're late and don't ever be late again. And he walked off. And I turned around and the Lord said, you're late, don't ever be late again. He said, you asked me. Now listen, Holy Ghost inside of me. He said, you asked me to get you a job. You asked me to help you. And I did. And this man walks up to you and tells you you're late. And now you're running your mouth. He said, from this day forward, your new scripture is you work as unto me. You get to work early, you leave late, and you keep your mouth shut. Welcome, Holy Ghost, amen. Was that for my benefit? Is he coaching me? Yes. I got raises after that. I got promoted. They started, they, I mean, that was a great job, but the Holy Spirit didn't just give me scriptures I liked. He gave me some I didn't like. But he coached me in the thing I had prayed about. Now, most of the time, you guys aren't gonna handle someone talking to you like that. But the Holy Ghost talks to you like that. You need to pay attention because he's helping you. And some of y'all have had, you've been corrected. You've had him say things to you like, yes, sir, I got that. Amen. So he coaches us. Now, I want you to look at, at uh, John 14, 17. Turn the page to the left. Just go back one. And let's look at another scripture here Jesus said. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. For, um, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. When he called him the spirit of truth, this is what he said about him. A spirit of truth is someone you can trust. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's faithful. He's sure. He's stable. He's firm. Now, let's think about this word, trustworthy. We're going to get into something in a minute. We'll start talking about another scripture. But can you trust the Holy Spirit's advice? Yes. yes, always. Now, remember, he's a genius. He knows everything. All right. Now, if he's the spirit of truth, he's going to lead you into how much truth? All of it. There is no reason for you to be ignorant of the Bible if you would just walk with God. He will show you everything. When you say, I don't understand that, you're telling everybody you're not fellowshipping with God. Boy, it's quiet, industry. Thank you. It's true. 
There's no reason for you to keep making dumb mistakes with a genius in you. All right. Let's look at another one here. John 16. Let's go back to John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and show you things to come. Now go to Romans 8. Not everything is true. A lot of voices in the world today. A lot of opinions. Not all of them are God. Now let's look at 8.14 because this is where it gets good. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want you to do something and underline the word in your Bible, led. Do you know, I, I did this this week, and I, I usually do this anytime I start a series. I, I go back and find out what the Greek words mean because I find out they're, they're always a little different than English. The Greek word here for led is the Greek word struggle. Isn't that weird? Isn't that an odd word? They that are struggling, they that are led by the Holy Ghost, they that struggle with the Holy Ghost. Why is there a struggle? Because you have a man living inside of you that's trying to help you. And the fight is always between your opinion and his. Now, let me make a statement here with, with kindness. I know y'all are smart. But let's talk about your brain versus God's brain. Is he smarter? By how much? We're, we're really stupid. Now I'm talking compared to God. You don't, you and I don't have enough knowledge. Now, now I said this in the last service and let me say it again. Sometimes it's difficult to talk to Bible school students. They're the, they're the most difficult people to preach to because they've been to school. We know that. We were in that class. Well, when I graduated from Ramah, I thought I'm pretty smart too. 30 years later, I now know I'm not. I have come to the conclusion you could read your Bible and sit under the best Bible school teachers for a thousand years and you'd still be stupid compared to God. In other words, you're going to run into stuff this week. You don't have the book on that. You, if you did, you forgot where you put it. And in other words, there's a scripture, don't lean to your own understanding. We're going to do everything in our power to learn as much Bible and as much about God as we can. But at no time in your life are you ever going to get to the place where you don't need the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Now, here's the reason why. Because sometimes when I'm going through something, he'll give me a scripture. And it'll be totally different than the scripture he just gave Donna or Crystal. In other words, he is, he is coaching me for the call he's on my life, leading me where he wants me to go, doing what he called me to do. 
And sometimes the book or the other person that said that, that doesn't help me. I'm trying to run my life by a revelation God gave Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin's not the Holy Ghost. He's a Bible teacher. I'm a, I'm a pastor. The word pastor means poimain. It means to feed the sheep. I'm feeding you the word of God, but in no case am I ever your God. I don't, know, I don't have enough knowledge to help you. I have enough knowledge to show you who can help you. And to lead you to do the things that are beneficial, like walking with God the Holy Ghost. Are y'all getting this? Do you understand this? Because, because we, we, it says they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The way he's leading me is very different than the way he's leading you. When I graduated from Ramah, there's no scripture that says move to Orlando. I had to pray to find out to go to Orlando, and I became a youth pastor. There was no scripture for that. Then after I became the youth pastor, I got let go of that job. At the time, I went through a divorce. And let me tell you something about church people. Church people try, they really try to help you. But the advice I got when I got divorced was all wrong. It was all based on what they thought. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Well, we think you should do this. I said, well, I ain't doing that. That's not what the Lord is leading me to do. When I signed the papers, the Lord said, sign them. And I had people get, no, you're married forever. I said, well, no, I'm not. the Lord said, sign them. You know, divorce is the unpardonable sin in the body of Christ. And you certainly shouldn't pastor I was told that if you get a divorce, you'll never pastor again. God can't use you. You ever notice that people, people, you know, you can't follow people. You'll go crazy. You'll be a fruit loop. And then I started, then one day I met this, well, I'd known Lisa for a while. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to me almost audibly and says, this is your next wife. Now, listen, listen, it it wasn't that anything wrong with Lisa. But I didn't give women the time of day. I didn't sit around and think about girls. As a matter of fact, if you're saved, you need to keep your mind off other women, other men, other people. And so here, this young lady, a beautiful girl, and the Lord says to me, this your next wife? I said, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You're not going to get me to start thinking about this girl. And, the, and I just took authority over that. And I looked at Lisa and I said, did you hear that? And I said, the devil just spoke to me. And, and I really thought for a moment that he was, tr- he was trying to test me and tempt me. And I went home and I spent all night in prayer. At the end of my night in prayer, I knew that I knew that I knew God had actually said, this is your next one. And I, got a, I was excited after that. But I was the only person in the church excited about that because nobody else thought an old married man ought to marry a young, sweet, beautiful virgin. Y'all out there, did you go home? And they all had an opinion about it too. And they told it to me. You old dirty old thing. 
I told him one time, I said, she'd rather marry a used Rolls Royce than a new Volkswagen. <laughs> and she struggled a little bit with it too because I was married and had children. She'd never been married. I'm about 11 years older than Lisa. And that was quite a deal for her. She had been praying about the man to marry, but she wanted to marry a man of God, wanted to be, knew she was going to be in the ministry. And when the Lord started dealing with her about me, he had a little struggle with it in her soul. And she said, I went home and prayed about it. And at the morning I woke up and I had such a peace come over me. I knew that I knew that I knew that this was God. Well, not everybody was happy about that. And then they warned us not to pastor, whatever we do. And so that's what we went and did. <laughs> Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Because, because people, we try our best to help people, but, but you're not God. You don't, you don't always know what's going on in someone else. You don't, you don't know everything. And you ask people for advice, they'll give you the best advice they know in their head, but they may not know that much either. You got to follow God. And if you do follow him, he'll never lead you. You can trust him. So naturally, whenever the Lord dealt with me, you know, to start seeing Lisa, I trusted that inward leading. I trusted the God inside of me that whatever he was saying to me was right. And we had a, our dating was our best days. We had a lot of fun together. We went and did things together. And I'm going to tell you, spiritually, we were on the same page. I might be a little older than her, but she's more mature than I am. For, she's mature for her age, and I'm immature for mine. <laughs> and so somewhere we just kind of met right in the middle. And it's been a good marriage. Not easy, but I hadn't got her completely trained yet. But I'm working on it. Amen. You just give me a little more time, and I'll get, a, I'll get all the rest of the kinks worked out. And, and you know. And vice versa. <laughs> and vice The word, the word lead is A-G-O. It means intense conflict, a struggle. Flesh does not like to be told what to do. The war inside of you is between you and God. And a lot of times he's saying there's something he wants you to change. And you're like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. And a lot of times it's your flesh because we don't like it to be difficult. We want the easy road. I told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. But after I went to Bible school, I was pretty sure I was ready. And, I, and God got me a job laying block. Now, I prayed for a new job. Anybody ever pray for something and nothing happened? Well, I prayed for another job and God didn't answer my prayer. I got on the word, confessed I have a better job in Jesus' name, and I still didn't get another job. And he put me on an all-black crew. All people were black. I had never, ever made friends with black people. Now, if you're a white boy and you're going to pastor today, you need to get to know someone other than just white people. And so he put me on an all-black crew, and I prayed every day, God, deliver me in Jesus' name from the Philistines. And so I'm going to tell you, it was tough. And, 
How many of you think I needed to stay there? Yeah, just because I got a call of God on my life and I got a rhema Bible and a rhema suit and a rhema card does not mean you're ready for ministry. He said, I got one more place you got to go. Everybody else you've ever worked for likes you. I'm going to put you where you, they don't like you. And they put me on. They hated me, and I caused some of it. Now, I've never told y'all this part of the story. Now, I'm going to tell you the part where I caused trouble, and I've never told y'all this. My boss's name is Randy Weber. So the first day of me working on an all-black crew, I walked up to him and said, I'm Randy Weber. You do what I say. How many of you know that didn't go over real well? You want to know why they gave me so much trouble? That was probably the reason. I was picking a fight. It got awfully quiet in this room. How many of you know that God had some arrogance to deal with and some attitudes to deal with? But at the end of, what was it, about two or three, two years, easy. All, we all were friends. That was one of the most precious times of my life is getting to know these men and becoming friends with them and talking with them and ministering to them and creating friendships. And God knew that. He's coaching me. Now, see, not every prayer I ever prayed, God answered. That's true. Not all of yours. See, sometimes where you are, you're in the will of God. You say, I hate my job. You're in the will of God. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, everything ain't going to be easy for you just because you walking with God. Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He led him into a fight. He may lead you into a fight or two. Woo! I knew I'd, I knew I'd hear from you. Okay. Go to Acts 16. I'm going to show y'all some stuff. It's awesome. And I'm going to tell you that you're going to get set free. You're going to get set free. Now, I'm gonna, uh, i am I got to say something now. We're going to come back to the Bible school students again. Because of this, I'm a word man. I'm a word man. I'm a word man. Right? I mean, what the word says. How was that? God had to kind of get me through Something about this word man stuff. I'm a stickler for the word. All right, now I'm going to read something to you. And, and it almost sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a heretic here for a minute. 16.6. Now, when they had gone through Phygia, the region of Galatia, they were what? Forbidden, Forbidden by who? To preach the word in Asia? What? What about going to all the world and preach the gospel? Who's right, Jesus or the Holy Ghost? Both. Uh, boy, y'all are good to preach to today. See, I've always been a stickler, the word says. I went, I didn't, I've, I've told you this story before, but I've, some of the time that I went overseas and preached wasn't God. I didn't like this church. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I, 
I like preaching. I like to blow in, blow up, and blow out. You know, talking to heathen are easy. All you got for them is good news. Now, you start working with Christians, it's like washing cats. <laughs> no, you know, some of y'all are not the easiest people to get along with. You just help me, Jesus. And I actually ran from it for a while. And I was down in Cuba preaching. And God said, what are you doing down here? And he already knows what you're thinking, so you might as well say it. I said, that's a stupid question. You said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I quoted the Bible to God. He said, I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to go to Apopka. Now go home. <laughs> what? I'm out here obeying you, and I get chewed out for obeying God. And he took me to the scripture. Holy Ghost didn't tell you to come here. I told the body of Christ to go into all the world. I didn't tell you to go into all the world. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? See, on a football team, everybody ain't the, ain't the quarterback. Everybody ain't the lineman. Everybody ain't blocking. Everybody ain't sent out for a pass. You got to find out what did God say to you to do? What are you supposed to be doing right now? Where are you supposed to be? What's Holy Ghost saying to you? I can't get that information for you. The only one that can get it's you. You're the only one that can hear from God. And if you don't hear from God and you do it your way, you're going to screw it up. And then you're going to come back and ask me what you did wrong. And I'm going to go, I don't know. Am I telling you the truth? I am. And I'm going, I don't know what you're doing in the privacy of your home. I don't know how much you read your Bible and pray. I don't know that. You can't lay that off on a preacher. You have your own walk with God. If you're bearing fruit, you probably are listening. If you're not, you're not. You're just doing what you want to do. And we've all done stuff. I've done, I've done some stupid stuff. And they look good. I thought they were pretty good ideas. They weren't. I used to read books on how to grow a church. I quit. Just because he told Rodney Howard Brown to do something, didn't tell me to do that. Just because he told Kenneth Colvin to do something, didn't tell me to do that. You got to have your own walk with God. Are y'all okay with this? Listen, we're not done yet. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas, and in a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia pled with him and said, come to Macedonia and help us. And after he'd seen the vision, they sought to go, concluding the Lord, calling to preach the gospel there. How does a guy end up in a popka? A puka. When I go places, they say, where are you? I go, a popka. They go, a puka. <laughs> you know, I want to say something, Orlando. Miami, Washington, D.C. Not a puka. <laughs> you called me where? Florida. Mosquitoes. I hate mosquitoes. I had to learn how to hunt here. You have to wear mosquito clothes. Or the mosquitoes will haul you out of the, well, I say woods. There's no woods. Swamp. 
It's a swamp. I was heading to the deer stand one morning, and I kicked an alligator. That never happens in Georgia. You say, what'd you do? I found a, I jumped up on the tree and started jumping from tree to tree. Come on, y'all. This, I wasn't raised in Florida. I'm a missionary. I can't tell you how many times I've gone off and done things I thought were right. And I was by myself. God wouldn't even help me. Am I the only one in here that's ever done anything stupid? Just stupid, stupid, stupid. You know God ain't helping you do that. Well, you're going to make mistakes, but he'll help you. All right. Now, now, now let's go to another one. 13.2. I'm going to answer some questions for you. Let's read one. Now, now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius the Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord. You're going to have to get in the presence of God. And fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work I called them to. Now, you people come to me all the time, Pastor, I've got a call of God on my life. And I go, So? What do you want me to do with that information? I can't put you in ministry. There's an altar. Go get in it. Go pray and ask God what he wants you to do. And when you're ready, he'll put you in. If he don't put you in, you ain't ready. And and listen, you can't can't be called. You can't call yourself. There's people all the time have a little card, prophet, do flop it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. If you're a prophet, everybody knows you're a prophet, whether you got a card or not. Does anybody ever wonder whether Mary Friend's a prophet? That lady's a prophet. And she ain't got a, she don't have, I've never even seen a card that says prophet Dr. Varallo on it. I'm going to get me a card that says apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Daryl Morgan. I became all things to all men that somebody just might get saved. <laughs> What's it matter what you call yourself? What'd God call you? Amen. Now, let's talk about marriage for a minute. Woo. She's hot. So what? I'm going to tell you what that's worth in about a month. Not much. Well, he's a stud muffin. That's good. He might be everybody else's stud muffin too. You don't know. You, listen, you can't go through life just picking spouses and picking, you know, just, you just, I'm, this is what I think. Well, what, what do you, what, what you think don't mean much. What did God have to say about what you're doing? Have you even asked him about it? Well, I prayed and ain't nobody come. Thank God for that. Because I'm going to tell you, single in the will of God is better than married out of it. I'll tell you that right now. You ain't never, you don't want to go to hell before you die. Just get married to the wrong person. My God. And of course, everybody married the wrong person because the person you're supposed to marry died in the war. Their great grandfather died. So God's up there going, okay, now since all these people died, I got to change all this room. I'm that person. And this war comes along, everybody dies. And okay, we've got to change everybody we had to be married. It's a mess. 
Never mind, y'all ain't ready for that. <laughs> God has somebody for you. And they're not perfect. Lord, have mercy, they're not perfect. Well, what is important? Listen, if you're not being led by the Holy Ghost, you're screwing things up. I'm saying that with grace. I'm being serious. If you're leading on your brain, you're not doing very well. You don't know enough. Let's talk about the word now, scriptures. There's been times that I got, let's say I got sick. And I'm in there and I open up my healing book. And I'm reading all my healing scriptures. And I'm praying all of that. Nothing's happening. That actually happened to me. I'm praying and praying and praying and reading and studying and confessing the word. And you should. And finally I said, Holy Ghost, help me. He goes, study the blood. I went, huh? The blood? Oh, yeah, I got a book on that. And I went and got the blood and got healed. Are y'all out there? Did you go? I'm trying to help us. Just just because somebody preached a sermon doesn't mean that's what God told you to do about that. Everybody's different. Everybody's at a different place. You need to hear from God. What's he saying to you? You won't know that if you don't spend time with him. All right. Acts 8, 29. I'm going to read a few more of these. Are y'all learning anything today? Yeah, this is good, isn't it? 829. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. And Philip ran and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I? Unless someone guides me. And he asked Philip to come sit with him. And he got in the word of God and led him to the Lord. Have you ever thought about the fact that when Jesus went to the pool of Siloam, he only prayed for one guy and left? We need to talk a little bit more about this. He was, he was led by the Holy Ghost. Have you ever thought about the fact that when Lazarus died, he got almost to the city and waited days before he went? Why? You can, go, you can go command someone to come out of the grave without the Holy Ghost if you want to. And we'll tell you what's going to happen. Not a thing, honey. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I mean, we got to talk about this. Jesus was 100% successful, but he also said, I don't do anything unless I see the father do it. He didn't do anything that God didn't lead him to do. Now let's come back to church. You know, there's things you have an idea that should happen. Well, that's just in your head. Well, I thought that they should do this. No, who told you that? Your pastor is not God. I I can only be in one place at one time. If the Lord says, get up in the morning and get in the word, I'm going to get in the word. And if you don't like it, I'll be here Wednesday to preach it. But I'm not God either. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? We, we've got a crazy idea about church. My job is to, is to feed you. Your job is to walk with God. I can't, do, I can't do your walk. I can't do your praying for you. I can't do your hearing for you. 
You got to get weaned off of preachers. You got to get weaned off of people. You got to get weaned off of, of, your, of your favorite TV preacher. Now, God uses them to teach the word, yes. But you need, you need a fellowship with God. You need to fellowship with the Holy Ghost. I've had people he told me to stop and talk to. I hate door-to-door witnessing. I hate door-to-door witnessing. Are you going to heaven or hell? <laughs> Go to the next door. I hate that. I don't think I've ever knocked on anybody's door that God sent me. Oh, wow. That's just like, what about, what about waking up and praying, Lord, he might, if he sends you and says, I want you to do it, by all means, go do that. Now, I know people who, who go door to door and they do well, but I don't do too good. Never have done. I'm, I do real well one-on-one working with people at work, get to know people, minister to people, make friends with people, sit down, get them saved, filled with Holy Ghost. I've done real well with that all my life. But just cold call, I would make a terrible salesman door-to-door. I, I sold encyclopedias one time. No, I didn't. I never sold one set. I ended up buying the one set that I had and giving it to the girls. I just, I, are y'all out there or did you go home? And you read a book on how to door to door. That ain't my book. Might not be your book. Now, it might be someone else's way of doing it. And if they do, don't tell them no. Don't tell them they don't do that. You don't do that. God didn't tell me to do that. You don't do that. No, if he tells you to do it, you go do it. I've seen people do stuff. Let's, 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 listen, you ever read the story about Jesus taking mud, stuff it in a dude's eyeball, sending him across town to wash in a pool he can't see? Right. Yeah. Now, some of y'all go, that's crazy. I ain't doing that. That's stupid. Well, to you it was, but did it work? Yeah. How many other times did he stuff dirt in anybody's eye? He never, never, did, never did it again. That's true. So why in the world did he stuff mud in somebody's eyeball? You know, you think about some of the stuff he did, and you, you get your religious brain out of it. It looks stupid. I'm blind. What are you doing? That's gritty. Are you serious? I'm blind. Why are you stuck? I'm putting some mud in your eyeball. And the disciples going, what are you doing? The man is blind. You are stuffing mud. And then he got up a big water and spit in his eye. And I know that if y'all had been there, y'all would have had a, uh, it had been on Z88.3. This prophet of God is coming to town and putting goobers in people's eyeball and stuffing mud in blind people and send them across town to, to, to a pool they can't see. Most uncompassionate man we've ever met in our life. Except he got healed. You know what y'all would have done? You would have said, give me some goobers. I want to do that too. I'm going to have a goober ministry after this. I'm going to put mud in people's eyeballs. The mud spit ministry. (laughs) This is good, isn't it? Oh, we never heard him about doing it ever again. He never did it again. Come on, y'all. 
I'm, try, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that, that getting in the word is wrong. It's not. We're word people. We're all word people. I still read the word. I still read all the books by Brother Hagin, Andrew Womack. I do. But when you're finished, close the book and pray and spend some time with God the Holy Ghost and ask him what you're going to do with all this information that you just got and all the other that you ain't never learned yet. Because <laughs> he's liable to say something to you that you don't even know now. Are y'all that? See, this, I'm, trying, I'm trying to show you the way this works. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is your personal comforter, standby, guide. You are not left without help. There is nothing you're in right now. You and God can't come out of it and fix it. Nothing. But you're going to have to get to know him. That thus the book. Benny Hinton said when he got to know Holy Spirit, everything changed. Mary Fran made a statement. She's starting to, Holy Spirit comes and says, you know, you're a prophet. And she said, I don't know you to the Holy Spirit. I don't know you. He said, practice my presence. Get to know me. You're on you're in for a ride and you can get to know him. We're going to start learning that he has a personality. He can be, he don't like everything you do. Have you ever had your insides go, uh-uh? Yeah, you might want to listen to that. Uh-uh. You're watching something on TV and he's going, I don't like the program. And you're going, oh, I'm watching this. And he goes, well, I don't want to. And you say, well, leave. He says, well, if I do... You won't like that either. But I don't like this program. What, what, have y'all ever had a fight with him? Yeah. 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 I have. Have you ever had him ask you to do something? You go, I want to do that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. Go to, go, to, go to one more scripture and we're going to close. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to seal it up. Are you ready for a better year? Yes, yeah, we're going to have a good year. Proverbs chapter 3. I could tell you story after story after story. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Do not lean to your what? In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. You don't know enough to make it. I want to say something to the younger generation with all. Please. Listen to us. You're at the most volatile time of your life. You will make the biggest decisions of your life in the next few years. And you're dumber than you'll ever be. You are at the most ignorant time of your life. Making the biggest decisions of your life. Listen to God. Spend time with God. Church is not a waste of your time. The world says you need to make money. There's nothing wrong with you making money. Nothing wrong with you having a career. But before you go into your career, before you get married, before you do anything, you pray. Is this way you're leading me? You lead me, you guide me, you show me what it is you want me to do. And when you hear from God, 
He'll follow you. He'll help you. God will help you with everything he gives you to do. Even what appears impossible and you'll become successful. There is no other way. And all of us that have been married three or four or five times, say amen. All of us that have gotten older and wished to God we'd listened to God when we were younger. Is that, am I telling you all the truth? Am I telling them the truth? I can't tell you what you're going to do, but I can tell you, I can, I can make your life easier. And I'm, and I'm doing, I'm trying to do that now. They that are led by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you one more story. There was a guy by the name of Benny Han, Barry Han. Barry Hahn got Kenneth E. Hagin's tape series on how to be led by the Spirit of God. He took $200. And I don't remember the number. It was either $2 million or $20 million. But that's $1,999,000 more than I have. He took $200. And he went in his closet and he laid all of his bids out, all of the things that... Uh, his investments out. And he prayed. And he said, some of the things God told him no, he was sure they were good. And some of the things that the Lord told him to do, he was sure they would fail. He said, I've never lost a penny investing. Started with $200. And prayed over every investment he made. You have a genius in you. This is powerful. He will help you with everything. Isn't that incredible? I don't know of any other sermon I could preach at the beginning of the year to help us more. But I'm going to spend the next several weeks going over this person called Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about how he teaches you, how he teaches you the Bible. I want to, we're, going to, we're going to talk about his job. A lot of times people are going, well, you know, where's the power? I'll show you that. Real quick, uh, he don't like gossip. He don't like slander. He'll shut down quick. You start, you start trashing people out with your mouth. You've got to go back and go, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. I need your help. I need you. Amen? There's a lot of things we need to talk about, but, but Mark Hagen said he's a genius. If you'll listen to him, Kenneth Hagen, the Lord said, if you would obey me, I'd make you rich. That was, at that time, Kenneth Hagen was a poor, poor Preacher, not preaching poor, but money. He had no money. Pentecostals did not believe preachers should have money. And he said, if you'll, that was when he got the revelation of prosperity. He said, if you will listen to me, I'll make you rich. He didn't say if you sought money. He said, if you listen to me. He told Norval Hayes, he said, if you obey me, you wouldn't be a measly millionaire. 
He's never called me a measly millionaire. Isn't this awesome? Just think about this guy you got inside of you. So everybody in here, I want to pray. I want to pray for us. How many of y'all are ready to listen to this guy and what he's saying? Now, the ones of you that haven't made up your mind to obey him, you'll be miserable till you do. Thank you. Ask me how I know that. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I'm sitting in a room full of saints, the righteousness of God, your church. These people, you love them, I love them. And we want a good year. Father, we opened up the word of God this morning to begin reading about the person called Holy Spirit you've sent. You said it was to our advantage that he came. And he lives inside of every one of us. Father God, we have not always uh, listened to him. You said they that are led by him. We have not always yielded to him. But we want to. We want to learn to yield. We want to learn to listen. Even when something does not make sense to us. We want to learn to listen. And yield. Father teach us to walk with the Holy Spirit. Teach us like Jesus. Not to do anything until we know that we know that's what you're saying to do. And Father these young people. I pray that they would actually become wise beyond their years just listening to God, the Holy Spirit. And if there's people in here this morning that have missed it, hadn't listened to God, the Holy Ghost, it's okay. We understand that you're a compassionate God. We have the blood of Jesus. You will wash us, cleanse us, and set us back on the right path. And sir, for this we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Can I take a minute? We got about five. Nathan, come up here, buddy. Y'all mind doing this a minute? You want to hear this guy. One, two, three. Tell him a little bit about what happened to you. Well, first of all, I was in the hospital, and the doctor didn't give me that much chance. I had a, all the, had a going through a, they found a tumor in my head, and I've been preaching gospels for many years, just 42 years, that's it. That's but, it. yeah, so, that's anyway, uh, you know, one thing the Lord said to me, he said, because you help the poor. Yes. Psalms 41. 41. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And I will make the bed for you. Yes. So I'm here. Amen. See, God does not make mistakes. He put you here for a reason. I know he wanted me to say something, but I have, I have to say this. And I say have to. I don't have to, but I, you, know, you know what I mean. But this is your place. This is your church. And I hear God say, respect the office. Of the pastor. I didn't ask you if you like it or not. (laughs) You might not like him. But I hear the Lord say, I brought you here for a purpose, a plan. This is your season. 
This is your place to have your family to get saved. You follow through every single person in your family will be saved. You're obedient of the Holy Spirit. I didn't ask your opinion. You need to be here. If you want to see your whole family come to the Lord, you need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And he said for you to be here, there's, there's no choice in this matter. I don't think you hear me. Some of you thinking, I'm just going to leave. That's, you can't leave the Holy Ghost. You can't leave the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you go, he's there. And he tell you to be here and you go somewhere else, that's where you missed it. Come on, move your heads, do something. He called you here. He didn't ask your opinion. He's trying to help you. This is your pastor. You know, I don't go to this church, but your pastor, I know he didn't want you to say that. When I was in the hospital, he came probably a lot of times. Sometimes I don't even know. Uh, I know he came several times. I didn't have no other pastor to come, but he did. Oh, you're not hearing me. That's because the Lord led me to go. He said, go see Nathan. He needs you. You know, there's people who need encouragement. You know, God can't hug you. Thank you. So you you need to make a decision. I'm not leaving this place. I heard heard real care. Five years more. Because there's some planning that God wants to do here. Oh, you're not here, man. You were thinking of going to, to somewhere else, but God said, no, it's not time for you to leave. Mm-mm. It's time for you to grow. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't going to do no growing somewhere else. It's here. I didn't ask you you like it. Five, somebody say five more years. Look at your neighbor. Five more years. He said, get used to my face. Because I ain't going nowhere. Look at your neighbor. Don't look at me like this. He said, get used to my face. Because I ain't going nowhere. This is where God called me. I'm not moving. Hey! <laughs> Woo! God does not make no mistake. Hallelujah. That means that I ain't going to die neither. That's right. Oh, you're not hearing me. Long life. That means that my body needs to get in line because I'm not moving. My time has not passed. I've got to be here. God said five more years. i got to be here. i got to see my family. Well, he didn't tell you all of it, but uh, the, the doctor didn't give him a lot of chance to live. I'd go by and see him, and I'd say, Nathan, long life. Long life. I said, where are you going when you get out of this bed, Nathan? He said, go preach. I said, get a sermon. Oh, he didn't look good. 
Oh, he didn't look good at all. You think he looked bad now? He didn't look good now. No, he looked good now. See, I knew this man, this man loves God with all of his heart. And he was in a fight for his life. And he's got a wonderful wife, Maria. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you go through hell, your family goes through hell with you. And stay. Stay with them. Because there may come a day when it's you. But he had a brain tumor. Where are you heading next week? Colombia and Venezuela. My God, Venezuela needs the word. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Well, I like that scripture because you took care of the poor. Let me tell you a little story on, on Nathan. Nathan and I were down in, it was Venezuela. We went in an orphanage. We were giving out toys. We handed a Bible to a boy. Nathan led him to the Lord. He sat there and cried and wept. How old was that boy? 13? 13. Nathan asked him, why are you in here? He said, I killed a man. He said, I thought I was going to hell until you brought me good news. He said, I don't want no toys. I want a Bible. 13 years old, I want a Bible. Clutched that Bible to his chest and wept like a baby. Thank you for bringing me Jesus. Now, the only thing I don't like about Nathan is he left me. (laughs) In Venezuela by myself. That's when I had to learn the coffee con leche, desayunos, taco lengua con cilantro. I had to learn to speak. And I don't speak Spanish. I only know food. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, he's been a good, precious brother all my life. Man of God. Amen. Did you enjoy this morning? Boy, I love you guys. I mean, I really do. I see things. I pray over sermons. I go, God, what, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do this Sunday? I got one shot at them all week long. What do you want me to do? And I want you to know that we pray over you even though you're not here. I have never learned how to connect with everybody. You know, I tried on Facebook. That's a, that don't work. That don't work. But boy, we do love y'all. Are you ready? Pray for us as we go to Israel. You know we'll be suffering. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.